I am not ashamed of the gospel, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is no question more fundamental to our existence than the question of justification. How does one become just or right in the sight of God? This question has been debated in the church not since the 16th century with Martin Luther, but since the 1st century with St. Paul. In the New Testament, there are two epistles written by St. Paul that are almost entirely dedicated to this one specific question, the question of justification, then also to the concomitant doctrine of salvation of the Gentiles. On what basis can these ungodly people be justified in God's sight? In fact, and as we're going to see in just a moment, the question of justification arises even earlier than St. Paul. Justification is so fundamental to human existence, it's addressed in every part of the scriptures, from Genesis through Revelation. In fact, this is precisely what St. Paul sets out to show, that the Old Testament doctrine of justification is identical to the New Testament doctrine of justification. But let us start first with the most fundamental question. What does justification mean? Justification comes to us as an English word from the Latin word justificare. It means to make just. The question of justification is the question of who is just or right in God's sight. The just, the righteous, St. Paul writes, shall live by faith. When St. Paul pens these words, he's quoting from his Bible, from the Old Testament scriptures, and specifically from a prophet who was writing some 600 years before Paul, from Habakkuk. And in chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk writes, the Sadiq shall live by faith. But this idea, whatever it might mean, doesn't originate with Habakkuk either. Habakkuk is paraphrasing from his Bible, not the Old Testament scriptures as we know them, but from the Torah, the first five books of Moses, written some 800 years before Habakkuk. In chapter 15, verse 6 of Genesis, Moses writes of Abraham that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted it to Abraham as tzedakah, righteousness. Thus, Habakkuk learns from his Bible that Abraham was reckoned to be Sedekah because of his faith, and thus the Sadiq shall live by faith. 
from Moses to Habakkuk, from Habakkuk to St. Paul. And when St. Paul quotes Habakkuk, he does so in Greek. The Dikaios shall live by faith. From this background, the concept is brought into Latin as the Western Church spoke. And thus, the Latin translation of the Bible, the Vulgate, renders it the Eustace shall live by faith. Centuries after this, the Eustace is translated into English as the right-wise. The right-wise becomes righteous and lives by faith. The right-wise or righteous shall live by faith. The question of justification how one is sadiq, dikaios, eustace, righteous in God's sight, stretches from the very first book of Scripture up to and through the entirety of the New Testament, or from faith for faith, as Paul says it. How then is one justified or made righteous in God's sight? By faith, answers Moses, Habakkuk, and Paul. Thus we see why Paul's argument in the book of Romans is shaped the way it is. His opening salvo being that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Paul goes on to make the point that there's no such thing as an atheist. The chief truth that men suppress is precisely that God exists. One God, one creator and maker of all. Instead, they worship the creature and the creation rather than him. And thus God has given them up to all manner of wickedness and unnatural perversions. Mankind is, as St. Paul writes, and as we ourselves observe, filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. We are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, Faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though mankind knows God's righteous decree, St. Paul continues, that those who practice such things deserve to die, man not only does them, but gives approval to those who practice them. Thus, in God's sight, there is none who is Sadiq, none who is Dekaios, none who is Eustace, none who is righteous, no, not one. No one is justified in his sight. This judgment of God comes with absolute impartiality. It encompasses both Jew and Gentile. As St. Paul writes, 
all who have done unrighteous things, all who have sinned without the law, namely the Gentiles, will perish just as all who have sinned with the law, the Jews. And here we see two all-important things. The first, that unrighteousness means death. And thus also, by converse, to be righteous means to live. And second, we see that the law is not a viable means of being justified in God's sight. The law is not a viable means through which one can escape death and live. Now, for the first century Jewish mind, this second point is almost unthinkable. Obedience to the law is the very thing that separates them from the ungodly Gentile sinners. If we Jews are not justified in God's sight on account of our observance of the law, how can we or anyone be righteous in his sight? St. Paul writes, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, though the Torah and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Paul continues, For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And there we have it. Justification is not by the law, not by works, for all have sinned. Justification is by God's grace through Jesus' blood to be received by faith. Justification by faith apart from works. Paul continues, this was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he has passed over all former sins, and thus his righteousness is shown in the present time, such that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So note well what St. Paul says, what Habakkuk says, what Moses says, what all the scriptures say. We are not justified, we are not righteous in God's sight on account of our works, not by circumcision as some of the first century Jews thought, not by obedience to the law, not by living what society considers to be good and lawful lives, not by faith plus our works or some combination thereof, not by anything at all that we have done. We are righteous in God's sight solely on account of Christ Jesus, whom God put forth 
as a propitiation. That is, as an atoning sacrifice. That our unrighteousness would be atoned for by his holy, precious, divine, and human blood. And that all who have faith in this Jesus are counted as or reckoned to be righteous in God's sight. Just as Abraham was prior to circumcision, showing that Jew and Gentile are both equally justified by faith in the Messiah. In our courts, it's often the case that human judges can acquit a wicked man, either through error or carelessness or through their own wickedness and corruption. We haven't ever seen that, have we? But this is entirely different from what God does. God cannot and does not simply let man off the hook with a big, divine, corrupt absolution, thus cosmically winking at sin. The scriptures call such a thing an abomination. Rather, the righteousness of God consists precisely in this, that through Christ's all-sufficient sin-atoning death, justice has been served. And thus, God is just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Indeed, he is just and just in justifying all who have faith in Jesus. Even as God is simultaneously just in damning those who reject Jesus and his atonement, demanding instead to stand before him in their own proud unrighteousness. And thus, finally, we've come to where we can understand the thesis of Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, he writes, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteousness of God is precisely that in Christ, God has justified the ungodly. Abraham, the idolater. Moses, the murderer. David, the adulterer. Paul, the persecutor. Tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners of every kind and every degree. You and me. The righteousness of God is precisely that in Christ, God has justified us. God has justified the ungodly. And this righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. That is, it has been passed on from one believing person to another until this very gospel, this very good news of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus has been proclaimed to you so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. And thus the righteous shall not, or excuse me, the unrighteous shall not die in his sins, but rather be declared righteous for the sake of Christ 
and thus the righteous shall live by faith in Christ. Faith in Jesus. So what then does this mean as you come forward to the table of Jesus this day? We do not come in arrogance, comparing ourselves with others. We do not come beating our chests, thanking God that we're not like these other sinners. Rather, we come to the Lord's table in pure humility, that is, in faith. And we receive into our lips the very righteousness of God, the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all your sins. It is real blood that we receive here, and that's why the scriptures and we make such a point of that. If it's not real blood, then it's not for forgiveness of real sins. And because you have real sins, it is indeed his real blood that you must receive. As St. Paul says, we have now been justified by his blood. And therefore, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God? As I hope you can see, far from being any kind of theological novelty, least of all, any kind of heresy, justification by faith apart from works, that is, justification by faith alone, is the teaching of all the scriptures, Old and New Testaments alike. It is the teaching of countless church fathers. I was going to quote about 50 of them. I'll spare you. It's also the teaching of the Lutheran confessions, and it is the teaching of Faith Lutheran Church. It is the foundation of our lives. We are not ashamed of this gospel. Our justification, our being righteous in God's sight, it isn't a matter of our obedience to the law, but rather of Christ. It isn't a matter of our good works, but of Christ's all-sufficient blood. We are righteous because of Christ, and we will live because of Christ. Thus, indeed, the righteous shall live by faith. And sola fide, by faith alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.